You are listening to The Bobcast, a golfing podcast, brought to you by The Open Times. Welcome to The Bobcast, episode 18. How did we manage that? I'm Stephen Day, still getting to grips with the fact that teeing off doesn't include biscuits and a sand wedge turns out to be not as tasty as it should be. Keeping me from going out of bounds, we have our experts Keith McIntyre and Fiona Scott. Hello, everyone. Hello, hello. Stevie. Now, this is quite a unique Bobcast because... Whilst we're recording it, Bob is actually playing. And I know for a fact that at least one of our contributors is possibly watching as we go. Sorry, Stevie, were you talking to me there? I'm busy watching the telly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Concentrate, concentrate. (laughs) That'll be the one with the most time, Stevie. (laughs) (laughs) Can I just point out before we get into that, today is my day off. I'm doing this out of the goodness of my heart. And we are very grateful. Bless you. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, he's three under par if you're interested through seven holes, so he's doing particularly well at the moment. Now, Brilliant. The last time we were all together, virtually as it were, we were talking about his glorious win, and he's now in South Africa. Mm. So what's happening? I mean, we know what's happening right now, but what's been happening? Well, you're way behind the time, Stevie, because he was in South Africa, but as you've already established, we're now live and he's in Dubai at the moment, but he was in South Africa at the weekend. Um, And a very good performance. Uh, I don't know if you saw any of it, Fiona, but he was particularly impressive on the on the Sunday where he shot the lowest round of the week and he kind of romped through the field to finish sixth. So it was a very, very solid performance. Um, But did you see any of it, Fiona? No, and can I just point out here, uh, Keith, that I don't get paid as much as you and I've I've just got council telly here, so I don't always get the golf. (laughs) So I have to to keep up with Bob on my iPad and on my phone. And, uh, yes, uh, I just... uh, I saw it when he was quite a bit behind, uh-huh. and then all, all of a sudden he was right back up there, and I'm thinking, how did that happen? <laughs> well, I, I'm feeling a bit unnecessarily under attack here. You know, I've been called <laughs> lazy. I've been told I've got too much money because I've got Sky TV. This is just this is not acceptable. I'm I'm going to have to talk to HR about this somewhere along the line. <laughs> so, no, I, the reason I was asking if you watched it because it was the most. Stunning golf course I have ever seen. It was right in the middle of the Kruger National Park, which, you know, you think, okay, it's in a national park. But there were literally elephants wandering by and leopards, you know, hundreds of yards from the the golf course. It was incredible. It was like being on safari. It, It was just the most stunning backdrop to play golf. It was incredible. Wow, is that is that not a distraction? That would I mean I'm I'm quite easily distracted. So I think an elephant walking past would. Uh... Well, I I don't think they were on the course. They were just <laughs> maybe a couple of hundred yards away. But uh, <laughs> yeah, well, they did say that there was quite a lot of water on the course, and depending on which sensationalist tabloid you read, they did call them crocodile infested. I very much doubt if they were crocodile infested, but there was certainly Sky's uh, cameraman were doing a fantastic job of zooming in on the wildlife and lions and tigers and buffalo and all sorts it was it was just beautiful i you'd, i would not have been able to play golf you'd have just been watching the scenery it was incredible yeah. but he did brilliantly he did very very well um after a really 
quite a shaky start. He had uh, his opening round was almost back to Bob when he w- wasn't playing at his best, where it was, you know, those bogeys. There was a triple bogey in there, but he recovered uh, brilliantly. And his, his round, it was really high wins on the Sunday, and his 67 was just was just brilliant. So he'll be regretting that triple bogey on the, on the first day, which kind of knocked him out of contention, but fought back really well. So all good on the Bob front, up to... 61st in the world now um, and uh, 22nd in the race to Dubai. So all the numbers are going in the right direction. Yeah, it's great. Uh, and am I, am I right in saying that it's still mathematically possible for him to, you know, win the race to, to Dubai? I don't... Well, if he won both tournaments, I think he would be in of the remaining tournaments, the one he's in today and the big one next week. He technically could, but it's a hell of a long shot. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, th- I think um, what his aim has got to be to get into the world's top 50. So he's sitting at 61st at the moment. And just because... Uh, because you were late, Fiona, I'm just going to tell all the listeners that you were late. Stevie and I were having a conversation <laughs> earlier on about, you know, can he make it into the world's top 50? And to put it in perspective, the guy who won the tournament on at the weekend, uh, Christian, Christian Bezudenheit, um, was sitting at 60th in the, in the world rankings and his win propelled him up to, I think he's 41st or 42nd, something like that. So it's more than possible for him to get into the world's top 50. I think winning the race to Dubai is a hell of a long shot, but you know, getting into the top 10s very much a possibility, which would be an improvement on last year where he finished 11th, I think. I've, I've been reading a lot of his comments this week and he certainly sounds confident enough to be able to do it. I mean, he's, he's saying that, you know, he's, he's hitting hitting it harder and longer than he's ever done before. He's back to what he was last year and um, his, uh, his patterns improved and he's is still struggling a wee bit with his chipping, but you know even that's getting better. So you know he's sounding confident. Yeah, yeah. I think the way he bounced back from the triple bogey, and what I was really impressed with is prior to going to Cyprus and his game bouncing back, you could almost see the shoulders hunching when things were going against him. But he had the triple bogey, he knuckled down, and he was all smiles on the back nine. Uh, mm. You know, so and I think that's just a change in mindset. He's got whether that's a new caddy, I don't know, but certainly he never let it get to him, and that's a massive step forward. It was, it was maybe the winds, Keith. I mean, you know, it's from the wild west. It, it, it's <laughs> probably his most, uh, you know, comfortable playing conditions in uh, strong winds. I was going to say he was very, very calm, but I've warned Stevie that he needs to get the beep machine in here because I was killing myself laughing on, I think it was either round one or round two, I can't remember, Um, but Sky twice in the the space of uh, about half an hour had to apologise for Bob's, I mean, they weren't angry outbursts, it was just, I I don't, are you going to beat this, Stevie? I hope you're going to beat this. I hope Um, I, I, I broadcast the correct wave file. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, at one point uh, he missed a putt and he just went, well, let's, let's just say he said, flipping unbelievable, Bob. And the sky were having, you know, heart attacks at the other end, apologising on his behalf. I was just killing myself laughing. It was just like playing with one of your mates in the, in, up at the, the golf club, you know, it was great. It was great. So I think he could raise lots of money for Martin's Monday Club if he just put a swear box on his, uh, on his, on his bag. Perhaps his fans could, could chip in as well, because I'm sure there are moments when they're they're the same, whether whether that's watching Bob or playing up at the golf club. Because, I mean, I've been around enough golf clubs in my time to know that when something goes wrong, it, it isn't oh flipping heck that comes out, is it? <laughs> uh, it's no. a good job you haven't been following me, Stevie. <laughs> or have I've I got um, there's. Uh, there's a there's a pal of mine who I probably shouldn't mention his name, but I will. There's a guy called Glenn Rankin. Now Glenn is uh, one of my best mates, and he's the calmest guy off the golf course. A real and a he'll do anything for you. On the golf course, he's a raving lunatic, absolute lunatic. And to, to give you a, a sense of. Uh, how bad it can get. I mean, Glenn actually never swears, so you never, you never, never hear bad language come from Glenn. But on a couple of occasions, there was he's a great club thrower, so it hits a bad shot and then he just launches a club. And at one point, he launched a club which hit his bag, which had a brand new range finder hanging from the bag worth about two hundred and fifty quid, and smashed it to smithereens. Um, but the best one was we're playing some competition, uh, and it had. Quite often they have uh, nearest to pin prizes. So if you get nearest to pin, there is literally a little a little pin notice board that you put your name on, and you know. And if you win, if if your name remains there, you win a prize. Well, Glenn duffed a shot uh, playing this par three, and there was a usual explosion, no swearing, but lots of lots of shouting and bawling and all the rest of it. And then I turned round. And he'd actually hit himself on the head with the nearest the pin marker, which I was just buckled on the ground. <laughs> and he was like, what, what? And he was trying to act all nonchalant whilst he walked away with blood trickling down his forehead. <laughs> so uh, he's comfortably the worst psychopath I've ever played golf with. It's such a but... safe sport, golf, isn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you want another update, by the way? Because he's just birdied the next hold as well, so he's now four under par. So I think we should just keep this going for the whole round and see how he gets on. Wow, wow. I'm, I'm sure there's copyright reasons that say we can't. <laughs> <laughs> he's obviously having a, a, a good day out there, a good challenge. Fiona, you've been, you've been doing a, a challenge and a good challenge. How have you been yeah. getting on? The Bobcast I, Challenge. I, I've had a good day. I've had a good day. Down at uh, Tenal this time, I was uh, down there with uh, Moira McVicker, who's the club secretary, and uh, Carol McClarty, who's club captain, and off the back of Dalmally, where, as you'll know if you've been listening, uh, I had a, a shocker, so a wee bit trepidation going into Tenal, but uh, no, I had a fantastic day, and I even done a par three hole in four shots, which... What? That was, I had to stop myself from doing a lap of honour around the green, honestly. <laughs> uh, it was brilliant. I'm not saying it was all like that, and there was a lot of bad ones, but I feel now that I'm, you know, I'm hitting it forwards and straight, 
not getting a height all the time and there's other issues, but uh, it's definitely on the upward slant now. We'll maybe, we'll maybe let Carol and Moira tell us from the tea rooms. <laughs> okay, so, uh, here we are now sitting in uh, Robin of Best Tea Rooms in Tinal. And I've been on round three of my 53 by 53 challenge. Uh, today I've been out with Moira McVicker, who's Tinal Golf Club secretary, and Carol McClarty, who's Tinal Golf Club captain. Um, I'm pleased to say that after my last disaster at Dalmally, we've done a wee bit better today, but I'll let the girls talk about that. So, Carol, honest opinion, be brutal. I think there were some good and some bad. Uh, I think uh, your star moment was on the third goal when you had a So, um, in the main, you were hitting some nice shots, and like everyone who starts as well, there was a few uh, going along the ground. But I think there's definitely promise there. <laughs> Thank you very much. You're, you're being kind, but I mean, to be honest, I did feel a lot better today because when I played Dalmally, if I hadn't been doing this challenge, I think I would have rethought, you know, golfing, but I thought, no, crack on. And it was totally different today, just another day. So, huge difference. Uh, Moira, what do you I think you'll find that that is golf, that one day it can be good and you think you're doing exactly the same thing and then the next day it's totally different. So I'm really pleased that you had a better experience today because I definitely think you've got lots of good things. Your eye when you're doing your putting is really good uh, and I think you've got a lovely swing but it's just putting it all together is quite difficult and that's where if you get if you want to improve you probably need to get some lessons. And then you're practicing and the right things. Yeah, lessons and practice seems to be the, the key words here. And I mean, speaking about lessons, you guys out at Channel have been a, having we've been professionals in it. Yeah, we have Heather McRae, who's a PGA uh, professional, and Craig Lee, who's actually playing at the Renaissance today, uh, just now uh, in the Scottish Open. So they, they've been up twice now and they've had a really good response. Uh, they do group lessons and individual lessons and they've done groups for the juniors. And um, they, they're hoping to come back um, every five or six weeks through next season so we can keep you updated with that and with more information. And uh, if they are coming up before the end of the season, uh, we'll let you know so that you can come along. <laughs> Thank you very much because I definitely, you know, need lessons um, although you guys that have been going out have been excellent you know I've, I have picked up a lot of tips along I've just done three now but you know I find that I'm learning something new every time uh, which is good so but yeah proper proper lessons would be good and the lessons are open to anybody they don't have to be members of the club so how would, how would people go about that then? Do they just keep an eye on your Facebook page? Facebook and the website and uh, all the contact details for Craig and Heather are on there and they do the bookings themselves. Um, and they just let us know who's, who's booked so that we know who's on tour sometimes. In, in terms of membership this season, how's Tenalt been doing? Because a lot of the clubs are saying they've picked up a wee bit. Yeah, it's been a very good year in terms of membership. Uh, over uh, 200 
members. Uh, there was about 40 people didn't rejoin for a variety of reasons. A lot of them were country members and they felt at the beginning of lockdown that they couldn't travel to Toronto, so they didn't rejoin. But then we've got lots of new members and a lot of young people, which is what we're really wanting to encourage. We would like more ladies and more young people. And we've got a very healthy junior section now. A couple of years ago we had six junior members and we've now got over 20. That's fantastic. What's kind of driven that, do you think? What's I think partly it's sort of younger people have joined because they couldn't play shinty in football. So golf was a, an option for them. Uh, but also there's been a lot of work done to try and encourage the juniors. And uh, we've, had, we've had coaches up who did junior competitions last year. Yeah, yes, as you can hear, there were tenderising steaks uh, at 11 o'clock in the morning in that cafe. <laughs> I thought you were banging your head against the brick wall. <laughs> no. uh, I'll have a cup of tea, Fee. I know, yeah, it makes you want to hear the coffee machine in the background. Just waiting for my coffee arriving. Yes, uh, so that was that was Tainal. And actually, after that, uh, Heather McRae was going to be coming for lessons. Uh, I, I actually spoke to her and organised lessons, but then we got we got rained off, so, mm. and we haven't managed to, to arrange anything again. But uh, yeah, I'm going to definitely do that and get myself some some proper lessons. Are you still enjoying it? Yeah, uh, I'm loving it. And since I was at Tainal, I've been down to Seal, which was a, another experience altogether. Um, but but yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying it. And now that I'm actually hitting it a bit better, and you know, I can see I'm getting somewhere. It's it's yeah, it's getting a grip. Keith, just a pity about the weather. Every time I arrange anything, yeah. it's rubbish. It is. It's tough for all golf courses just now with the weather. There's just, you know, we're not too bad normally with drainage at our course, but we were, I think, we were shut three days last week because of because of rain, which is really unusual. But it's barely stopped raining since August, I think. So it, it makes it, you know, really really tricky for golf courses at the moment. I'm glad you're enjoying it. It will just click at some point, you know, and and you'll just you'll take yourself to the next level. You'll get to that 53, no bother at all. Oh, every everybody I've spoke to at the club seem, seems to think uh, think that I will. And I mean, I know I'm going to struggle with the weather for the rest of this year, but early spring, I'm planning just to get out there. I'll join a club and I'll go down at weekends and uh, just just go down round myself and um, you know just keep keep practicing and hopefully, yeah, I'll come together. I'm ever allowed out of plague-ridden Lanarkshire uh, and back up the, up the road. Well, I'll bring my clubs and we'll get a game somewhere, Fiona, OK? Oh, that, that, that'd be great. And, uh, yeah, the good news this morning is we're getting vaccines now. Uh, yes, I saw that. I saw uh, that, yeah. So that'd be... And, and you'll be one uh, one of the in the top groups to get it, of course, Keith. Uh, <laughs> you might so have to, started... You might have we, to wait a wee while on me, but... Uh, <laughs> I, this is getting, yeah. You know, this is almost constructive dismissal. I could go for at the moment. Just the amount of abuse I'm taking. Oh dear. So, I'm yeah, so I mean, sorry. It's all right. So I get used to it actually. Um, but you know, the, the vaccine actually, in terms of golf, I think because I was checking the European Tour schedule, they haven't announced their 2021 schedule yet. 
because um, they're obviously waiting to see what's happening. So I would imagine from a golf perspective, which is clearly not anywhere near the most important thing about getting a vaccine, but hopefully that will allow them to start planning some more tournaments for next year and get back to some sort of normality on the tour. Do we have yep. an update, Keith, just before we continue? He is still four under par. He's got a... Uh, he's got to get up and down. I know you mean. I know you know what that means, Stevie. He's got to get up and down to save par. He's just about to play the shot. But I'm sure if I start commentating on this, it will be in breach of copyright. So, Fiona, so. when, where, when, where is your next audio <laughs> adventure for us? It, it's on uh, the beautiful island of Seal. Uh, which which was very interesting and had a, a brand new challenge thrown at me, Keith. Uh, you'll know about this, winter mats. Oh, yes. Yeah, I hate them. I well, absolutely hate them. Yeah, I, I wasn't too keen, to be honest. Uh, so, but again, it, it was interesting and I'll wait, I'll wait till next time. I'll not give too much away. I look forward yeah. to winter mats. Yeah. Winter mats, yeah, you can Google that, Stevie, and see. I'll just say, Fiona, I try and avoid them at all. I'd rather kick the ball into the rough in the winter and play from the rough than use a winter mat. I just hate them. Uh... Well, in, in tech news, I don't know how they'd cope with the wet, actually. There's a question. Um, the tech of the moment, which I found for golf, are follow me golf trolleys. Are we aware of these things? I'm aware of them, yeah. I'm okay. aware of them, Stevie. They cost a fortune. They do. For those who aren't aware of them, they're electric golf trolleys, which you put your bag into. The bag doesn't come with them. This is important because, you know, you've already got to have bought everything else. And as you walk, they follow you. Uh, so you go off, you tee off, and you head off to wherever you put the ball, and it follows you. It trundles behind you wherever you go. Um, I'm not really so sure what to Having your own say. private stalker? Well, yeah. yeah. I, I'd be thinking the National Caddies Union's got to have something to say about this as well. <laughs> I, it, when looking I've at never them, seen anyone use them, Stevie. Have you not? It, <laughs> it, unusually, they're advertising. No, have you no, know I, that everybody uses them? No, I've never, ever seen them. And I have to say, if anyone tried to use them at Glen and they would need to have crampons and rope to climb some of the hills. Uh, I was going to say, and, and to get uh, through some Cruen. of the, the floods. I mean, these are electronic things. They're not going to light the wet. Forget about winter mats. Well, you actually get... I, I mean, I've got a, a brand name alert. I've got a power caddy, which is one that you press a button and it goes. Uh, and I'm sure Fiona's going to slag me because that's probably too posh as well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> It's too late. Uh, Posh, lazy, overpaid. <laughs> All of the above tech. Yeah. Um, but they come with winter wheels, Stevie. You get Because a lot of golf courses don't allow buggies during the, the winter because they, they, they can make quite a mess of the course. They have so snow tyres. Is this what you're telling me? They're me not they... far off snow tyres. <laughs> They're off road tyres. Um, no, they don't have tyres. They've got big plastic wheels that don't churn up the mud and uh, all the club professionals make a fortune at this time of year selling everyone winter tyres who've got trolleys. Technology, Stevie, yeah? Well, I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, at a cost of £1,400 upwards, uh, the most expensive I found so far was 5800 and it didn't include the bag. That You will get a, 
a standard electric trolley for between three and four hundred pounds. And if you watch what you're doing, uh, and particularly at this time of year, quite often they come with a bag thrown in for free. So, you know, I, I'm all, you're telling me I'm very posh, but I'm also very tight, Fiona. So I look for a bargain <laughs> in these things. I've just bought my first set of clubs in a bag because I was using borrowed ones. Uh-huh. Uh, and I got a lovely set of clubs in a bag off from, uh, it was one of these buy, sell, open sites for 60 quid. And it's just, I pull it myself, Keith. <laughs> <laughs> That's way too much it's, work. And it, it's quite easy to do, but <laughs> no, it's it, it's great. And it's, it's to me, it's, it's all you need. Technic- um, technically, Fiona, it does follow you, and you haven't had to spend one thousand four hundred pounds. <laughs> that's it. That's it. But but Keith, as you know, I'm fifty three at the end of June next year. <laughs> oh, I, I think you've mentioned that a couple of times. Yes. <laughs> so if you want to splash out, <laughs> well, I'm I'm closer to sixty than I am to to fifty three. So uh, I'm entitled to. Do, it puts me to shame because my dad, who's only just given up playing golf, my dad's eighty three. And when he gave up last year at the age of 82, was still carrying his clubs. So I, you know, I've I've long been a disappointment to him. But I think that's just another <laughs> uh, in the long list of things I'm disappointing him with about. So yeah, 82, and he was still carrying his clubs and, and playing off a handicap of 13. Maybe maybe what he really needed was someone to buy him a follow me golf trolley. Right, so now I'm a bad son. So there's a lot of things. Well, I was just thinking, <laughs> you've watched your poor 80-year-old dad lugging these golf clubs round a course. Shame uh, on you, Keith McIntyre. I never watched them because that would have been heartbreaking. You know, I just <laughs> I let him go on with it. <laughs> I did buy him a new driver once and he went, oh, I don't like these newfangled, big-headed drivers. I went, oh, cheers, Dad. <laughs> Well, if anyone wants to get in touch with us, you can email bobcast at opentimes.co.uk if you want to lend Keith a nice follow-me trolley so he can try it out in his golf club. You can email bobcast at opentimes.co.uk. Folks, it's been another pleasure. Keith, quick update before we go. He's just dropped a shot, so he's back to three under. <sighs> what does that mean? What does that mean? Here, <laughs> <laughs> It means he, he went slightly backwards. He's just bogeyed. I think it was the 8th or the ninth. he just bogeyed. But he's still three under with uh, 10 holes to play. So I'm going to make a prediction here that he's going to finish at six under par. So um, so if he blows it completely, you can blame me. Well, by the time people hear this, we'll know Keith's... Uh... Yes, I know. <laughs> I know. Or we could be lying and we could have recorded this afterwards and actually know the results. So, oh. no, I know, I know. I'm sure there's some kind of press conduct rule there that wouldn't allow us to do that. <laughs> Folks, until we see you on the next Bobcast, thank you very much. Cheers. Bye. The Bobcast was presented by Stephen Day, Keith McIntyre and Fiona Scott. The editor was Stephen Day and it was a Wivex Media production for The Open Times. You can contact the programme by emailing bobcast at opentimes.co.uk.